Colossians chapter 1, and we'll look at verse 21 down to verse 23. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 down to verse 23. All right, this is the word of the Lord. It says, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much uh, that you have revealed yourself, the glorious God, to sinners. And thank you, Lord, that in your word we can come to know you because in your word there is truth about you. Help us this morning, Lord, to come under your word in submission to it. Help us, Lord, to um, take a hold of the truth that is presented to us this morning in your word. Help us, Lord, to hear from you. And then after hearing from you, help us to appropriately respond to what we have heard from you. Thank you so much, God, that you uh, have had us in mind. Thank you that you have preserved your word through the centuries. And thank you that we have the precious word of God in our hands this morning, that our eyes can gaze upon it. Lord, help us to have the right attitude this morning towards it. Help us to see our Savior. Help us to be more aware of ourselves as we see ourselves here in the text. And draw us closer to you, Lord. Bring us to you as we come to your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, uh, here in these three verses, we see a huge problem between God and man. We see um, division between God and his holy nature and man and his sinful nature. We see here in, in this text that there is ground between God and man. There is a problem. And that problem presents us with a need. Our need is for a solution to that problem. Our need is for uh, a resolution in this relationship. And this morning, the answer to the problem is reconciliation. Yeah. That big, important word, reconciliation. And this is not the only answer that the cross gives us. There are many answers because there are many problems that we have. For example, um, sin, because we are sinful and because God is holy, because our sinfulness is opposed to his holiness and his holiness opposed to our sinfulness. There is the problem of guilt. So we are guilty 
before God because we have transgressed his law. And so the human, uh, the sinner, needs a sacrifice. And at the cross, that's what we find. Our need is met in Jesus Christ because he is the sacrifice. And on his head, upon the lamb that was slain, as we saw um, back in Exodus only a couple of weeks ago, we see that he is the Passover lamb. And on his head are the sins of the guilty. So the problem is guilt. And our need is for a sacrifice. And we saw that at the cross. Another thing that we see there is that we are in bondage because of our, our transgression um, to the law. We have broken the law of God and we, ha- we are bound um, by it. We are bound because of the sin that we have. We are in bondage. And our bondage requires, it needs redemption. It needs a ransom. And we remember that Jesus Christ, Christ said about himself that the Son of Man has not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. We see redemption at the cross. We see a huge need that we have as sinners met exclusively by Jesus at the cross. Another huge need that we have is for the holy and just wrath of God to be dealt with. The holy and just wrath of God stands over our heads and is ready to fall and crush us. And our need then is for someone else to absorb that wrath. Our need is propitiation, that Jesus Christ on the cross absorbs the wrath of God. And you'll notice from just those three things that I've mentioned, that all of those things are dealt with by Jesus on the cross because of a need that we have as humans, as sinners. Jesus Christ meets all of those perfectly at the cross and only him, not us. Take, for example, wrath, the holy and just wrath of God, the holy demands that he has. We could never satisfy. If you doubled the length of your lifetime, you would not be able to satisfy the just wrath of God. In fact, no amount of time could satisfy the just wrath of God. And we see that hell is for an eternity. And that for an eternity, you could not satisfy the wrath of God for all time. There is no end to time and you will not be able to satisfy the just wrath of God because it is an infinite wrath against sinners. But at the cross, Jesus accomplishes that perfectly to the point where he can say it is finished. And this morning, friends, as we look at Colossians Chapter 1, just in these three verses from 21 down to 23, we see another huge problem. Another huge um, thing that must be dealt with that we cannot deal with ourselves. Look again with me at, at verse 21. It says, and you, this is Paul talking, who once were alienated and hostile in mind and doing evil deeds. The problem we are presented with here that sinners have in light of a holy God and God's holiness and rejection of the sinner and and the sinner's sinfulness and rejection of God's holiness, the problem that that creates is alienation. Now, what, what is alienation? Alienation is ground that is created between two parties when there is disharmony. When a relationship is okay, and then there is something that disrupts that relationship. And you might recognize this in your own experience. You might be familiar with this, perhaps with a brother or a sister. 
you might remember uh, a time where there was um, problems between you and maybe a friend, where there was harmony in your relationship and something happened. Someone was offended. Someone did something wrong. And there became uh, a ground between you that caused separation. You became aliens in a sense to that person. Friends, in its ultimate sense, we see alienation between God and his holiness and man and his sinfulness. There is ground that is driven in between these two parties. It is wedged. Sin has caused a wedge to separate us and God. And this ground in between you and God, in between us and God, is alienation. It's estrangement, where we have become strangers and aliens to God. And this morning, I, I want to answer three questions. And then I want to ask a question. Question number one is, why do we need reconciliation? The second question I want to ask is, who needs reconciliation? And the third question is, how are we reconciled? And that first question I've already answered in part. Why do we need reconciliation? Because reconciliation, by definition, is the removal of the ground in between you and someone else. And again, you may have experienced this with your brother or your sister. They may, you may have encountered problems with them. That offense that was between you has now gone. And the distance between you and the other person is now closed. And the relationship can continue in harmony. Reconciliation accomplished by Jesus Christ on the cross is the removal of the ground that stands between you and God. It's the closing of the distance that is created because of your sinful nature and his holy nature. It is not the fact, it is not just the fact that you are separated from God because of your sinfulness. God is separated from you because of his holiness. And so there is a great need. Why do we need reconciliation? Because there is a problem. The problem is alienation, the ground between you and God. Reconciliation is the answer to that because it's the removal of that ground between you and God. So that when Christ accomplishes reconciliation for the sinner, there is not a single millimeter of ground between you and God because of what he did. That's why we need reconciliation. That's why reconciliation is so important because it's the removal of that ground between you and God caused by your sinfulness and rejection to his holiness. And that second question I wanted to look at is who needs reconciliation? Um, go back with me to verse 21. You know, Paul is talking to um, a church here and he's saying, and you who once were. What he's saying is, before you were in Christ, this is, this is what your condition was. Before Christ, you were alienated and you were hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. In other words, Paul is saying to these people, when you were outside of Christ, meaning anyone who is outside of Christ is in this condition. Anyone outside of Christ is in need of reconciliation because anyone outside of Christ has ground between them and God. So every single person needs this. And, you know, when I was, when I was a younger man and I um, came to Christ, um, 
You know, I used to think of people who I loved very dearly. Uh, I, I used to think of my grandmother. And, and often I would come up with um, excuses for her when it came to her alienation from God. You know, sometimes we think of um, people maybe um, that we know of who are lovely people, who are warm and affectionate people, who some people, uh, when you look at them, morally speaking, they may even look better than Christians in, in the Christian morality. Do they need reconciliation? Do these people who are not, you know, my grandmother never murdered anyone. Um, the, the person that you may be thinking of who was lovely may not have murdered anyone. They may not um, have been a compulsive liar. They may not have been a thief. They may have even given to charity. It may have even looked like they did amazing and great things for, for mankind. Paul, the apostle, who's writing this, by the way, um, if you take him, for example, in Philippians, he says, you know, if anyone's to have confidence in the flesh, it's me. You know, he says, it's me, Paul. Why? And then he goes and lists off a bunch of reasons why he could be confident in his flesh outside of Christ. Right? So he says, you know, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. Um, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. And he says, when it comes to the law, I'm a Pharisee. And what that means is that Paul, the apostle, is, is very unique. He is a kind of man who externally speaking, on the outside, follows laws um, in a way that we probably have never seen before. The Apostle Paul is unlike anyone that we have probably ever met in our lives. He would have been more disciplined than anyone you know when it comes to the law. Externally speaking, he was following the law and, and doing very well. But he still needed reconciliation. He still needed the ground between him and God to be removed because even though he looked great, morally speaking, on the outside, even though my grandmother was, you know, she, she wasn't doing anything bad per se, um, even though the person you may be thinking of, you know, a lovely person that you know, maybe at work or maybe a friend of yours who is outside of Christ, because they're outside of Christ, they still need this. This is for absolutely everyone. Everyone needs reconciliation and if, if that's not enough friends i want to draw your attention to the greatest commandment do you remember when they asked jesus what is the greatest command and jesus says to love the lord your god that that's the that's the biggest one with everything love the lord your god that is the greatest commandment what then is the greatest transgression the greatest transgression the greatest violation of God's law is to violate the greatest commandment. Everyone is guilty of that. Not a single person in the world today has woken up this morning and has perfectly loved the Lord their God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, with all their strength. And therefore, it's the greatest violation of the law because it's the greatest law. It's so great even that it is above the list. It is the top of the list. It is above murder. What's, what's worse than murder is to violate the greatest commandment that there is. To love the Lord your God. And everyone, even though they may not be externally stealing or, or, or 
murder or, or performing um, evil outward deeds that we might look at, everyone is guilty of the great um, commandment of transgressing that commandment. So who is reconciliation for? Who needs reconciliation? Who needs the ground between them and God to be removed because of their hostile minds and their evil work? Everyone. Absolutely everyone. No one is excluded from this. Everyone is included. And friends, the, the third question uh, that I wanted to look at this morning was how are we reconciled to God? How is God reconciled to us? Well, you need to be in a certain condition to be in a harmonious relationship with God. Look at verse uh, 22. It says, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. To be in any good standing relationship with God, you must be holy because he is holy. You must be blameless because he is blameless. You must be above reproach because he is above reproach. The only way to be in harmony with God, again, is to be in this condition. Well, that's impossible for us to ever be in that, that condition. How then are we to get into that condition? Look at the start of verse 22, which is the great solution to everything that I said at the start. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. Friends, it is the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross that accomplishes not only redemption, not only the perfect sacrifice, not only the, the full absorption of the wrath of God, not, not only propitiation, but he accomplishes there another need that we have, and that is the need for reconciliation. And it is Christ and Christ alone who can accomplish this. It is absolutely impossible for you and I to accomplish this. A whole lifetime would not accomplish this. A whole eternity would never accomplish this. But Jesus Christ could truly say it is finished. Jesus Christ has accomplished this. If he has accomplished this then, what does that mean for us? Well, with respect to reconciliation, we have no part in accomplishing. We have no part in achieving reconciliation. What is our part then? Our part is to receive reconciliation. Our part is to um, be the recipients of reconciliation. It is Christ and Christ alone who achieves reconciliation, and it is our part to receive reconciliation. How do we receive reconciliation? Friends, believing in a, in a sacrifice um, doesn't mean that the sacrifice takes your guilt. Believing that Jesus um, is someone who can uh, redeem people from, the, from their bondage to the law doesn't take you out of the bondage of the law. Believing in reconciliation does not reconcile you to God. You can believe that the whole Bible is true. You can believe that there are many things that are true in here and yet be alienated from God. What is it then that, are we, that we are supposed to believe in? What is it that we are supposed to trust in then? We are to trust in the one who accomplishes all of this. We are to trust in the one who, in verse 22, says, in his body of flesh by his death. We're to trust in Jesus Christ and his life and his perfect life and his death and in his resurrection. We are to give ourselves over to him 
because he is the one and the only one who can accomplish all of those things that we so desperately need because of our sinfulness and because of God's holiness. He is the only one. So my friends, this morning, I say to you, be reconciled to God. Have that ground between you and God removed by receiving the reconciliation and receive that reconciliation by trusting in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross, by trusting in Jesus and Jesus alone and his body of flesh by his death. And we see how great a miracle he performs. I mean, look at Paul, for example. Paul was someone who was alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds. And by, um, by the end, look at what he says. I, Paul, became a minister. Do you see the transforming power of the cross there? Do you see how amazing it is um, that after you encounter Jesus, after you believe in Christ, after you give yourself over to him, do you see the transformation that happens? See how the harmony of that relationship is given? It's only at the cross of Christ that we can expect anything. Do not be confident that you are reconciled to God because you know what the word reconciliation means. Do not be confident that your sins have been taken away because you have studied about sacrifice. Do not be confident in anything except for Jesus Christ. Be confident in Christ and Christ alone who achieves and accomplishes all of those things on our behalf. Friends, do not be confident that you are at harmony in your relationship with God if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ, if you have not believed in his uh, body or flesh and his death, if you have not entrusted yourself totally to him, do not be confident that you have been reconciled to God. The only confidence that we can have in reconciliation and redemption and sacrifice and propitiation is if we believe in Christ, as if we trust in him and him alone. So be reconciled to God. Let's pray. Lord, how can we not be blown away by what you have accomplished in sending your Son? And Lord Jesus, how can we not be astonished that all of those things that were impossible for us, even an eternity, wouldn't be enough for us to accomplish what you accomplished on the cross? How can we not be blown away? Father, I, I pray, Lord, that you would draw people to yourself. We thank you, Lord, that all the initiative was on your side of the relationship. All of the accomplishment was on your side of the relationship. The ground between us closed because of your accomplishment in Christ on the cross. Help us, Lord, to believe in our Lord Jesus. Help us to trust in him. Help us, Lord, this morning to be reconciled. Help us to receive that. 
And would you dismantle, Lord, any ideas in our minds that we have that we could work towards our reconciliation with you? Would you totally destroy any notions of um, us being able to accomplish uh, harmony in the relationship between God and man? Instead, Lord, would you help us to abandon any of those ideas and only trust in Jesus Christ and his work and his body of flesh and his death and his life and his resurrection. Well, thank you so much for the many needs that you met because of our sin and because your holiness. Help us, Lord, uh, this very morning to fall more deeply in love with you, to realize again um, how big you really are and how awesome you are and how good you are. Lord, be glorified, be lifted up, and help us, Lord, to become ministers of the gospel. Help us to not just be people who have been reconciled, but to seek the reconciliation of others through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. For your glory, for the sake of Christ, we pray in his name. Amen.